how to be awesome at living with enthusiasm without fear of judgment. Whatever it is that you love or are passionate about, we're talking about going all in, full enthusiasm with it. It seems like society lately is just so sensitive and reactive and judgmental. We forget that you don't have to listen to or pay attention to anything that bothers you. Turn it off. Don't give it energy. Problem solved. I just think that judgment is at an all-time high around us, and it's changing who we are and what we do or don't do. So many people aren't living the lives they want or talking about or pursuing their passions because of what people will think. So this podcast is your wake-up reminder to be your authentic, energetic self, whatever that is, because people are going to judge you either way, and you'll likely never really know what they're thinking or saying about you anyway. And when you're 90 looking back on life, there is no chance you're going to wish you worried more about other people's opinions of you. No way. But you will regret not going all in on the things that make you feel alive. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. I could not be any more passionate about the topic that we're talking about today. Living with enthusiasm about whatever it is you love without fear of judgment. And my sort of interest in this topic got even more intense when I asked the question on social media, asking people, what would you have more enthusiasm for if judgment didn't exist or if you could tune out the judgment? And the responses, first of all, there were hundreds of responses, a lot of them the same, but a lot of them different and a lot of them I would have never, ever thought of. And it just made me realize how unique we are and cool we are and diverse we are and man, how we have to get out of this funk. And I think some of us might be in it more than others or ebbs and flows with different phases of life. But if you have something that you are passionate about, that you have enthusiasm for, that you dole down because of fear of judgment of other people, I'm telling you, this podcast episode is for you. This is one of those ones that's taken me like two full weeks to research and write my notes on to record because I posted uh, the question on social media. Then a couple people told me, oh, you need to read this book or this article or listen to this podcast. And I was like, yes. And that's my favorite thing about doing this podcast is the conversations in DMs and the people I would never meet and talk to and the things that you guys share with me so I can like go out and learn more and you know bring my little opinion here to this space. And as I've mentioned lots of times, I'm not an expert, but I love learning. And I really do the research and put in the time and um, try to bring up topics that I think are worth hitting pause on life to think about. And oh, there is no topic that I think is more prevalent today because I think that judgment is, is at an all-time high, that there's no topic we need to think about more than how we're living our lives true to who we are and who we want to be. Okay, so right out of the bat, I want to start with the list of things that people sent in. 
So this is things from people who follow me on Instagram that if judgment didn't exist, they would have more enthusiasm for. Here we go. Being okay with just being an introvert and listening in social situations. I love this. And I think that introverts really can have a hard time, because, especially in today's society, with putting things out there and creating content and being on social media. But I think there's something so cool and interesting about being an introvert and being comfortable with it. But I can see how that would be, how that would be difficult to settle in, especially, especially now. Next one. I'm scared that I'll come across as an airhead if I'm too happy. This is one of the ones I got a lot. Like I'm afraid to be silly. I'm afraid to joke around because I won't be taken seriously. I get it. I would be more passionate about, not this is not me, this is somebody else going through the list. Um, my love for trashy reality TV. My So many of these things are like, if you think of, like, think about it this way. If that's what you love, like you're not you're not serious about it. You're not talking about cancer medication. Like like you're not saying it's the end all be all of the earth. But I think that's hilarious. I think that's amazing. If you're at dinner and you're talking about it, who cares what people think? But I think also if you embrace it, it's all about your approach. If you embrace it with confidence and interest, and you know clearly she has to be a certain level of expert at this trashy reality TV. I really just think. If we retrain ourselves to not suppress it, but just to to talk about it, to talk about it at dinner, to, you know, and I, I really think it's the way that you approach it and you will feel so much better if it doesn't feel like, you know, kind of this thing that you're, you're, you're self-conscious about or maybe even like ashamed of in a way. Next one, how much I love to sleep in. Perfect example. Sleep is good for your body. Again, I think with all with all the things, and listen, I do podcasts about waking up early and waking up at 5 a.m. If it serves you, if it feels good to you, if it helps you achieve your goals. But I think for some people, that's their like hobby. But again, because of social media and personal development, it's kind of like get up, accomplish your goals. But I just don't think, I think that if you approach it like sleeping in is my thing and it's not a fault. It's like, I love it. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel good. Talk about it at dinner. Talk about it with your friends. They're like, I got up at five. You're like, cool. I got up at 10. I got 10 hours of sleep and I've never felt better. And the way that you say it makes it, you're not saying it like, oh man, I wish I could be like you. No, because you don't. You want to wake up at 10 because you feel great. And listen, how blessed, how lucky are you that you know what makes you feel alive? Like so many of us are still trying to figure out our tens, our things that make us feel alive and set us on fire. You know, it's sleeping in, live in it, embrace it. Get those pajamas that say like, don't bother me, I'm sleeping in or whatever the cute sayings are. Like live in it, fully soak in it. Next one, religion. I got religion and politics a ton. And I think, you know, the kind of old saying goes, you know, don't at a dinner party, never talk about religion or politics. But oh man, I mean, if we thought that five years ago, what do we think now? And and I get it. And I'm going to talk more about more about kind of cancel culture as we get on into this podcast. And I think the real damage of silencing people. So we'll get into that more. Next one, sewing. This is one of my favorite ones because I would never think of that. Like I have, if I had the ability to to sew and be good at sewing, I'd be sewing everything. I'd be telling people. I'd be sewing in carpool. Like. But I get it. If it's something that most of your friends don't do, it feels like, you know, 
But how crazy that this person loves sewing, but because of people's judgment, she, you know, feels like she needs to kind of keep it private. My whole goal here is to embrace all these things, all these, all these things is to embrace it, be confident about it and own it. Next one, being more generous. Some people take generosity as showing off. Very interesting. Next, being proud of myself. I feel like I have to be self-deprecating when comments, compliments are shared. I feel like we need to do a whole podcast on this one, being proud of yourself, because you, when people compliment you, it's, it's, a, it's a very tricky thing. And I think a lot of this, so many of us are afraid of, of coming off as co- too confident or boastful, but really it's just accepting a compliment in a gracious way can be much harder to do than it sounds. Um, I always feel like I want to share my opinion or help people. I just learned I need to stop doing it. Next, my anxiety. Ooh, such a good point about this one. I talk about this all the time about being open and being vulnerable with people. But if this person says they want to be more open about their anxiety, imagine if you shared it with people and imagine if someone else connected with you and was like, oh my gosh, me too. I had no idea you were struggling with this. And now you've connected with someone and you have support with your anxiety. I just think that owning these things empowers us. It's It like takes it out of the dark. It's no longer our dirty little secret. It's out there. Like I have anxiety. I do. I'm still my awesome self, but I have anxiety and I'm trying to work through it and figure it out. By owning it, by saying it, you will attract people who have thoughts and opinions and you have th- meaningful conversations. I promise you it's so much better than sitting sitting in your own thoughts about it and feeling guilty and badly. Next, I'm a bubbly person. And when I moved to Seattle, I kind of stand out, but I'm still me. Love it. I used to do this professionally. Now I make it a point to not dull down my bubbly personality. I think that's a great point, especially in a business setting, because sometimes you need, you feel like you need to, you know, you know, don't stand out, dull down, fit in, fit the mold. But you just can't, man. Even if it's for a boss, a job, a promotion, at the end of the day, it's all about how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. And being a doled down version of who you are is not going to make you feel good. I dole down my intelligence sometimes. I play the dumb blonde rule, role. Next, my personal opinions on life and current social issues. Another one being silly, being vulnerable. I love some good swear words, LOL, but it's usually not appropriate. See, but the thing is, is you probably know I love a good swear word because I think sometimes it's the only way to say it exactly as you mean it. And I think that you can own that. Like, yes, swear words are not good for children, but we're grown adults. And I think in the right setting, it should be embraced. And that can be, this is, this is the point. It can be the most charming part of you. The fact that you love swear words, the fact that you love sleeping in or sewing, can be like that cool, special thing about you that makes us all so different. Someone else said, well, this is such an interesting question. I can't wait to see the responses. Uh, Seriously, though. Next one, dancing in a bar, even though we live in Newport Beach, just because a good song came on. Quite a few people said dancing, dancing or dancing while drinking. I think this is, again, one of those things we embrace with confidence. If you're self-conscious about if your your skills of dancing or whatever it is, you're not claiming to be a dance star. You're just, you're like, good song comes on. All right, this is what I do. I'm going to go dance without fear of judgment. 
Okay, I'm going to go faster with these because there are so many good ones I must share because it really sets like the context of this whole conversation. I can't be my real self with my boyfriend of 20 years, eek, when he, oh, continued, when he sees me happy, it's weird for him, but I tell him that's the real me. That one's deep. That's tricky. Next, people pleasing and other political issues. Trying something new but being afraid to fail, like a new diet or exercise. That is so key to all of this is we learn from failure, right? We very rarely learn from success. So being able to fail in front of people, I love failing in front of people because it takes it out of the dark. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try a marathon. I might fail, but I'm out there putting myself in the arena and I just don't have time for judgment is what it comes down to. Next, my enthusiasm for life. Sometimes I worry it makes me seem immature or silly. But here's the question. Who cares? I know that's easier said than done, but honestly, who cares? Next, my talent specifically with athleticism. I don't want to come off like a show off. Seems like many people are saying that. Being a natural living mama and picky about ingredients for kids. I can definitely relate to this one because... um, it's difficult to stand out in that way. You know, when you're at a birthday party and everyone's having like lots of stuff. Listen, you know I love a birthday party with lots of treats, but it's difficult to to navigate if you want your kids to eat a certain way or behave a certain way or do certain things. It's just it's tricky especially as a parent. Um I'm scared how I am raising my grandkids. Just the fact that That's what this person is saying means they're a wonderful grandparent. The fact that, you know, that's so consuming. But imagine having, flip it, having enthusiasm for that. Like, I just want to be the best grandparent. I may be failing, but the more you talk about it, the more, the better you'll be, the more you'll learn, the way you won't be self-conscious about it. Next, I've learned not to share my kids' achievements because of envy from other parents. But what is that saying to your kids? What lesson are we teaching our kids? And that's one of the biggest things about this whole thing is if we want to teach our kids to be their most authentic selves, we know that our kids learn from us from watching what we do far more than what we tell them. You know, they watch us and they watch how we interact with people and they watch how we react. So by not posting their achievements on social media, by not celebrating it, by not making it like the coolest thing ever, what are we teaching them? I'll tell you, we're teaching them, you need to, you need to dole down who you actually are to fit in so people like you, so people don't think that you're being boastful. Listen, self-check. Make sure you're not being overly braggy to the point where it's nauseating to people, but recognizing your kids' accomplishments should be something that makes you feel good. And that's just one of those, you just have to flex your fuck it muscle. I don't give a fuck. I am so proud of my kid and I'm going to, I'm going to share it because I'm proud and I want my kids to see me proud. Next. See, I told you sometimes cuss words are just necessary. (laughs) I doled down my awesome momness, entertaining, hostess gifts, cooking, baking, and social. Man, hearing her say that, doesn't that make you think, geez, what are all the cool things she could experience and her friends could experience if she just flipped it? She knows, she knows so clearly 
that she's doling down all these things. Think, I don't know, just think about all the cool experiences that are missed because of it. Next, God blessed me with the ability to lead, but I doled down in fear of being bossy. Talking too much. My sarcasm, my opinion, if I think it differs from whom I'm around at the moment. Totally my sharing my total honest opinions and stop putting a front around up a front around people. So interesting. Next, my accomplishment. Next, cerebral topics. It it seems like people my age talk about people, places over intellect. Okay, last one's real fast because I got it. I got to tell you all these dancing and performing my brutal honesty, how much of a helicopter mom I am, my opinions on politics or something that I'm not an expert on. Also, I tend to downplay how great of a student my firstborn is. Cursing, dancing while drinking. I tone down my silliness, my opinion, and mostly become quiet. My calling. I was put here to educate parents on drag, on drugs and the destruction. No one is immune. Reading. It's not a huge deal, but I don't talk about things that interest me. It is a big deal if you're not talking about things that interest you, though. My enthusiasm. I get really excited about things and finding out new things about other people, but it can come across as fake or patronizing. It's not though. I'm real and confident and I think some mistake it for overbearing. Having a positive outlook on things, people think I'm faking. I would love to share more on my social, but living in a small town, it becomes too much of a topic of conversation. I'm proud to be an American. I stand true to our constitution, but it's been so frowned upon lately. Spending time in a bathing suit at the beach or walking on the beach in a pretty bathing suit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes to all of these. Last couple. Astrology. This is a perfect example, like sewing. How cool do you know about astrology? Who cares if the people you're around don't believe in it or don't love it? The whole point of this is our uniqueness needs to be embraced. We can't all be the same. Last couple, not appearing too smart, letting other people educate me on things I already know. I stopped drinking and I love the benefits of not drinking, but I don't want to be a buzzkill. My intensity or assertiveness because women are seen as abrasive. Manifesting in law of attraction, I can't share with others as they don't get it. Okay. Those are all of the things. Those That's like just kind of the summary of them. There were many, many more, but that covers like the gist of all the things. Think about all these things. And I hope this helps. Whatever word you're thinking of, like if your word is sewing or astrology, or maybe you have many things, whatever you're thinking about, hopefully, and that's why I took the time to read all of these to give you all the examples so you can see how much we're all doing this, how much we are all limiting our own enthusiasm for things that we love, for fear of judgment of other people. And you know, I'm obsessed with being 90 or really 120 because I think we can all live longer than 90 by the time we are older. But when you're 90, you won't care what any of these people think. You're just not. You're not going to care what they thought about, you know, your real being lame because you're still learning how to do it or the business that you tried and it didn't work. Like you're just not going to care. You would, you'll regret not if you didn't like, oh, what if I tried? What if I started that business? 
it's just, for me, there's nothing else that matters. I just think, what will I regret the least when I'm 90? So this whole topic of living with enthusiasm, I've been thinking about for a while. Last weekend, we were at a swim meet. My 10-year-old Presley, she's a girl, she was swimming freestyle, and she was so nervous going into the meet. Um, she is self-conscious because she's been made fun of a little bit for being little. Like she's, she just went to the doctor. She's on the 20th percentile for growth and weight. She's just like, she's just like a a little thing, small, but mighty, but she's athletic. She, she's active. She's done, um, aerial silk. So she has, she has strength, but it's the confidence part that we've worked on. It's tricky. And especially when it comes to swimming, She tried out for um, junior guards near us. She did it for one day and decided it wasn't for her. So she, and I told her, I just want you to try it. It was such a good program for Stella last year. I just want you to try it. And it wasn't for her. And I didn't make her feel, I I went into it saying, give it a try. If you don't want to do it, if it's not your thing, she's like, listen, it's just not my thing. It's not fun to me. I'm not interested in it, but I know it has a little chip. You know, there's a little chip on her shoulder for her friends that were in it, that it's like, wait, why did, why did Presley quit? Like, why could she not do it? Or what was that? So we're going into this swim meet. She's so nervous and she, she's in line and she can see that like all the girls swimming are much taller than her. They look stronger that, you know, they look like they're a couple years older than her, but they're, they're her same age. So she's just like, I can just tell she's just kind of like, man has the weight of the world on her shoulders here. And this is the most important race to her. This is the last swim meet of the season. We, she's bummed because we missed actually most of the swim meets because most of them happened when Craig was in the hospital and right after in the hospital. So like it just, it all came down to, to this race, this freestyle race. So she gets in and I'm at the other end. Craig came just before she was doing the race and his friend who lives in the neighborhood was there. So I'm right at the end of, of the, the lane. She has to go to, she has to go. So all the way to me and then back. Right. So like two laps and Craig's kind of standing behind me and his friends behind me. So she gets off the block and she's like kind of one of the last off the block. And I'm like, man, just don't come in last, you know, just for her confidence. You know, we, we always want our kids to do well, but you know, when something's kind of sensitive to them, you're just like, I just want to protect their confidence. I just want them to, you know, feel good. So that's how I was, was feeling going into this. So she's one of the last off the block. I'm like, okay, just don't be last. Here we go. So she's coming, she's gaining speed. And I start, I start seeing her like really get, um, get up momentum and I start cheering and I'm cheering louder because like in my soul, I'm just so proud of her and I'm so excited for her. When she hits the wall, so like she's 50% of the way, she hits the wall right by me. I'm yelling like, go, Presley, go. And I'm like, Presley, you're in first. I yelled it so loud because under the water, they always tell me, we can't hear you. Like we see you screaming, but just so you know, we can't hear you. I'm like, I don't care. That's what feels authentic to me. I'm screaming. But I could tell like she took a breath. I yelled, you're in first. And that girl lit on fire. I'm telling you, she jammed it and she won. She got first place out of a full pool of girls, most of them that were bigger than her. And she just felt so, so, you know, like unsure going into it. I, it was one of my most proud moments as a parent, my whole body. I was screaming so loud because I was just so proud of her. I, you you know, like we all do, if you're a parent or even just anyone that you love, we put so much into the people that we love. 
And I, and I, you know, knowing that she was so worried, we did extra swim practices and extra one-on-one practices with the coaches. And she just worked so hard for this moment that I just, I, I couldn't keep it in. And there was a moment where I was like, ah, like, am I being embarrassing? And I was like, fuck it. Like, this is my kid's moment. Like it will be fine. And so she gets out, she wins. I can see on her face. She's just like, she can't even believe it. Like she's on a high. And I turn around and my husband, Craig was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like what is honestly wrong with you? And he tells me that all the time. If you listen to my podcast or follow me on social media, like that's part of our banter. He tells me I'm crazy most days for some reason. And I think it's like the best compliment because you know, I'm doing something out of the ordinary, but I was like, no. And he was like, yes, I wanted to kick you in the water and see if we could still hear you from under there. I'm like, well, thanks. And he's like, people were looking at you. And I'm like, Craig, you have to realize I don't care. Like I really don't. And here's why I don't care. Two things. I know that I am genuinely so kind and so supportive. I cheer for the other kids. I don't think my kids always right. You know, like I, I, I genuinely care. Even if I don't know the people, I feel like I'm genuinely very conscientious in that way. In this entire podcast, there, I, there's only one time when I think that we should hesitate to be our authentic self. Maybe I didn't word that right. When we should pull back, right? The only time I think we should dull down a little bit if it's going to directly make someone else feel like shit. That is the only time. And as I was screaming, I did like a quick check in my mind. I was like, ah, is this going to make someone else feel awful? And then I kind of did like a one second glance. Like, no, it's a race. Everyone's screaming for their kids. Like, yes, I was probably, I well, not probably, I was screaming louder, but I was just so happy. And I was so happy for her. And she saw me so happy for her. Like in that moment, like that's that I would, I just, that's what feels right. And I think that's the whole summary of this is doing what feels right at the level that it does. My, from yelling from, for that, whatever that was, 30 seconds, my voice was sore for like four days. That's how much enthusiasm I was giving to it. But it just, it just, I was just so proud of her and I was proud of myself for not caring what people thought. And again, it was an appropriate setting. So I didn't feel like I was, even though I was yelling louder than most people, I didn't feel like I was making anyone else feel badly. Like everyone's screaming for their kids. It's a race. That is what it is. And there was lots of races all day, you know, then someone else wins the next race. So for me, after that, I was like, Craig, I'm living my authentic self with all this enthusiasm. And he's like, we'd like a little less enthusiasm, please. And I died laughing just because that's the difference between him and I. But I was also proud of myself because it's taken a lot of work, man, and a lot of personal development, books and podcasts and all the things to get to where I can genuinely not care about what people think. And in certain situations, I'm sure there are times when I do. And let me tell you when we do care what people think. We care what people what, what people think if their judgment or we think their judgment is something that we're sensitive to. You know, maybe like an insecurity that you that you have and then you think someone's judging you in that way or someone is, like you hear it or someone tells you. I think that's when it really like gets to us. So if it's something that we're already worried about and someone calls us out on, I think that's when we care. But in this in this circumstance for me, that was just not one of those things. I know I'm a good person. I'm supportive. 
Um, I'm great to the teammates, all that stuff. So I just felt like in this big, you know, in her 10-year-old life, this is a big life accomplishment. I wanted to be fully present in that I was, sore throat and all. All right. So that's the one time I think when we should tone it down. Just that one, if it's going to directly make someone else feel like shit, let's tone it down. But if that's not the case, let's amp it up to 110% because it's the only way to be. And I think that the reason why we don't is all judgment. Judgment is around us all the time. And I think the best practice to not worry about it is to not judge other people yourself. You know, worry about yourself. If you have judging thoughts, think about what that means. It's a great reflection. If you're judging someone else in person, in, on social media, if you're talking shit on someone, it's always about you. It's very rarely about them. So what does it mean? And if you're in a mindset where dragging someone else down makes you feel better, if you're the one judging, I just think it's time to recalibrate. We need to get going in the other direction. Let's figure out what it means. What are they accomplishing or doing that might make you feel jealous in some way? Because we, like we know, judgment is always about the person judging. It's a reflection on something they feel about themselves, maybe a shortcoming of their own they're trying to compensate for, or maybe it's just a reflection of their experiences. Either way, it's at an all-time high and it's stopping us from doing the things we want to do. And of course, technology and social media has so much to do with this because, you know, it's, it's everywhere. But it is absolutely crazy to limit our lives because of what people may or may not think about you. I think it's changing who we are. I think it's changing what we do, what we say, what we don't say. And I know that changing our mindset around this requires, like anything, like any habit, that you know how some people say a habit after whatever, 12 days, it becomes a habit. I've read so many habit books, and I really believe that it's doing it over and over again. It's not 12 days. It's the repetition forever. And I think that that's what it is. Changing our mindset requires doing it over and over again, whether you're changing your mindset to not judge other people or you're changing your mindset to not let judgment in and affect your decisions, we got to practice it over and over on the daily to where it kind of settles in. Like I was saying, how I was proud of myself at the swim meet for not worrying about judgment. Years ago, I absolutely would have, or I would have asked him, or I would have asked a friend like, hey, you know, when Presley won the race, like when I was yelling, like, do you think, do you think anyone thought this? No, I don't invite that into my world because I do a good job of being a good citizen and I'm confident about the things I'm enthusiastic about. And that's one of them. And I think that this is the problem with right now our culture, with with cancel culture and people being so sensitive and people silencing people. We we all lose when when people are silenced or when people silence themselves. I don't even know how have we gotten to a place where we aren't sure if we can be friends with people who think differently than us. Are you kidding? I love people who have different opinions because that's the best way to learn. We, we don't want to sit at a table with everyone who thinks the same things we do. No, it's the diversity and the different opinions that gives us new perspectives and makes make us think. As human beings, we're social creatures. We're meant to be with our groups. It's a survival thing. And I really think that we need to keep those 
those groups of people with diverse opinions and all the things. And the big problem with with silencing ourselves and cancel culture and all that stuff as it relates to this topic is it perfectly primes us for where we're at right now to be afraid to share our opinions. It perfectly primes us, right? A hundred percent. The way you see people being canceled or comedians aren't allowed to perform at certain places. Like I worry about comedy, you know, surviving. That's what comedians do. They're in the business of making fun of people. And I know that sometimes people think it crosses the line, but back to what I said in the intro, then don't pay attention to it. We don't have to send that person off to Mars to think about their bad decision, you know, their joke that offended someone. I just don't agree with it at all. Even if I completely think their joke is inappropriate or I disagree with their opinions or I think it could offend people, like, yes, all that can still be true, but I still think their voice matters because none of us win when people are silenced or they silence themselves. It just, why can't we be okay with people having differing opinions? If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Don't consume it, you know? And it's the same thing with our own criticisms. Say you post something and you get 100 positive comments, but you get one negative comment and you just can't shake it. You focus on that one comment because it's hard. So then figure it out. Don't read the comments. Condition yourself. Practice over and over. Why would you want to feel less confident? Why would you want to consume that and let it in when it's a reflection of them? You just got caught in the crossfire. Another thing is don't welcome or ask for feedback that you think likely might be negative. If you have someone that is pretty harsh with you, then don't ask them their opinion. I think that that's a great way to reduce judgment in your life, right? Is don't ask for their feedback if you think it's likely going to be judgmental. The real question is, why are we allowing people who have been shaped by their own experiences to define us? The bottom line is you are going to be judged. We all do it. It's natural, even if we don't mean to. So we have to work on how much we care and how much it limits us. And I think that's the driver. If you realize it can limit your income, the things you experience, the conversations you have, the people you meet, everything, it can limit us in so many ways. And think about all the experiences and, and, and conversations and all the different things that you could be missing out of if you just ramped it back up to 100%. 110% enthusiasm on your sewing and your astrology and your religion and your sleeping in and your trashy reality TV because that's what you love and embrace it with confidence. And I promise you other people will too. And if they don't, fuck them. Like we're, we, we've got one shot at this. We've got to embrace the things we love and not dumb ourselves down or worried about being silly. I think being silly is an actual gift. Like I'm not, I'm naturally pretty serious. I'm not naturally silly. And a lot of times I'm like, I need to be sillier with my kids. Like, I think it's, I think it's a gift. I think it's something special. I don't think it's something that we should, that we should dilute. Even if people think of us as, you know, not as smart at times, like who cares? You are smart. It doesn't matter. I think that we can't get better at things if we're afraid of failure, because that's how we learn. We learn from failures, very rarely learn from successes. So we have to put ourselves out there 
And by risking failure, you're risking judgment. It's all part of it. And it comes down to protecting your headspace. I talk about this so much on so many different episodes because you're in control. That's the most powerful thing about this. It is your job to protect your headspace. It's your responsibility to block it out. Because we know the words you say in your head are what you become. So you have to be so careful what you listen to and what absorbs and what you believe and what you repeat in your mind. Sometimes other when you think about opinions of yourself that aren't positive and you think of the root of that, I guarantee the majority of them, if not all of them, came from somebody else, somebody else's comment that you let penetrate. And then now you kind of define yourself in that way, whether you're whatever it is, not a great student, a helicopter parent, whatever it is, whatever judgment, maybe you're not, maybe that's not your opinion of you. Maybe it's someone else's opinion that you let settle in. You're responsible for protecting your headspace. You're also responsible for what you allow other people to tell you. Okay, so with judgment, I think that one big way that we all experience judgment is people tell us what people, what other people say about us. So let's talk about killing the messenger, not literally. What do you do when people tell you other people's judgment of you, right? So if someone was like, actually, I'll tell you a story. This was years ago. Some I ran into a mom at school and she was like, oh, we missed you at that girl's dinner. I'm like, I know I was bummed to miss it. She goes, actually, you were brought up at dinner. And like before I could even say anything, but I couldn't tell at that moment that it was negative. She was like, so-and-so said, oh, Lindsay, you either really love her or you can't stand her. And I right then I was like, ah, like and I had already heard too much, but I was like, oh, you know what? I actually love her. Like I love her. I love her. I love her family. I love her kids. I just don't want to, I just don't want to hear the rest of it. And she's like, no, 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 you got, and I was like, no, no, no. Like it was fully going more negative, like in her tone or it wasn't actually, I kind of said it wrong. It was like, it wasn't like you can't stand her. The second part of it, it was like a little bit more, it was like a little bit softer. It was like, you either love her or uh, more like that, right? Like, uh, so it was kind of like, well, what does that even mean? You would be curious. But I was like, no, 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 no. I love her. Stop right there. Like, don't even finish. And she was like, no, you want to know. And she looked at me like, you want to know this? And I was like, I don't. I promise you, I don't. I appreciate that you feel like you're being a good friend to me, but I just don't want to hear it. I love her and I don't want what you're about to tell me to change anything about that. So that's it. And she was like shocked and was like, kind of like, okay, and kind of walked away. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, the next time I'm in a situation like that where there's a messenger and someone's going to tell me judgment from somebody else, I'm going to ask them and I'm not going to over talk. And I'm going to ask them and I'm going to say, what was your motivation in sharing that with me? And then say nothing else. Because like, you're basically being like, really? What was the point? Or say something like, how do you think this makes me feel? Or what did you think I could do with that information? Now, what it's doing is it's telling them, don't tell me these things next time. Like, it's making it very clear, like, 
I don't, I, I don't thrive on negativity. And if you have something negative, and listen, I'm sure most of the time, like my friend who was telling me about that comment at dinner, I'm sure she felt like she was just being a loyal friend, like a good friend. But here's the thing. We have to reprogram our minds to not want it. Like you have to protect your headspace and someone else's judgment of you just doesn't matter and you have to resist hearing it. So I challenge you if someone starts to tell you things, stop them. Even if you're like dying to know, like what, what could she actually, what's the end of that story? Like it doesn't matter. And I promise you, it is so much healthier for you that it never enters your headspace because once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And likely you're always going to kind of associate that person with that comment they said. But listen, if you didn't hear it firsthand, maybe it's hearsay. Maybe it's taken out of context. Maybe it's exaggerated. You'll never know. And I just think that I just think that even if people are trying to protect you or be a good friend, most of the time it's not constructive and it's just kind of that that urge to share juicy gossip. And maybe even subconsciously, it's kind of like to knock you down a bit from their own insecurity, even if you don't realize it or they don't realize it. Like, they're just not doing you any favors. We're in a game of protecting our headspace and bringing me judgment and negativity is not doing that, especially because there's nothing you can do about it. It's already out there. It was already said. There's no changing it. So don't bring it into my happy headspace. Like, life is hard enough. There's enough things that we are struggling with, you know, more at some times than other times. But like, the last thing we need is someone else's opinion of us that could be hearsay that we can't do anything about. It's over, it's done. Or, you know, about a mistake that we've made in the past. Like, it's done. We can't change it. We can't change and go back and redo it. So, why sit in it longer? Why invite it in? I think that not allowing people to judge you um, and not allowing people to bring you, not, not allowing the messengers to bring you judgment is a great start to all this living without without fear of judgment, especially when it comes to living enthusiastically about those things that you love. And also don't ask questions or defend yourself if you do, if you do hear something negative about yourself, like don't, oh, well then what what, do you, what did anyone else, did, what did they say next? Or, hey, well, you know that's not true because this, no, like none of that matters. Your opinion of yourself when you're by yourself is what matters the most. And I really think that you just never really are going to know what people really think about you anyways. Like you might hear some of it, but like, it's just, no, we just don't have time for it. I'm telling you, we have this special time on this planet with the people we love. And you and I, my friend, we just don't have time for other people's judgment because that's time that it's taking away you from learning another language, reading a book to your child every night before bed researching and traveling somewhere cool, reaching a new fitness goal or a health goal or working to solve a problem or build your business or, you know, show up on social media in the way that you want to. There's just so many ways to experience life and a much better use of time than spending any time on other people's judgment of us in any form, whether it's someone you know or a stranger on social media it can be so hard to resist, but just think of yourself say, think of yourself sitting in that, sitting in that ball of sadness that most likely has nothing to do with you or being out in the world and finding a new hiking trail or 
learning to raise fish, whatever it is. I'm just giving examples off the top of my head because the min- it's just like it's just like having ten dollars in your wallet. You just have ten dollars to spend that day. You only have so much time and energy. You only have so many, so many, so many cares, so many fucks you can have in a day. And if you care about it, then there's less time to care about those other things that you really feel good about. So my goal in this podcast was to hopefully give a little shake up and make you focus on what is it that I want to live so enthusiastically with just so much enthusiasm But I dole it down because I worry about what other people might think. Whatever that thing is or those couple things are, I'm telling you, this is our new goal together is to embrace it and make it your own and bring it up confidently and not be not be fearful of judgment. And if people judge you, like, you know, say you bring up at a a dinner that you love sleeping in and someone says like, oh, must be nice to be lazy. And not even in, and not in a defensive way, because listen, that's their own shit. Maybe they love it too, but they don't, and they're grumpy that they don't. Right? That's their own thing coming out. You know, that's you're just caught in the crossfire. I the best way to respond is not to be defensive, but to be like, you know what? I totally see how you could think about it that way, and I used to, but now that I've embraced it, it makes me so happy. I'm healthier because I'm sleeping more. I wake up happier. I'm a more present human being because I'm rested and feel good. It's my superpower sleeping in. I could see how you might think it's lazy, but I promise you it's not. It makes me feel alive and I love it, you know? So fill in that story with whatever your thing is, astrology, religion, politics. You still might want to tread carefully with religion and politics. Those are the only two. But still, be your authentic self. If that's what you're passionate about, have the conversation and say, hey, can't we have differing opinions here? Doesn't that, isn't that what makes us a cool tribe that we don't all just fall in line and think the same things and, you know, clone copies of each other? That's not interesting. I just think that the way that you think about it, you need to reframe it rather than being self-conscious about whatever it is. I think the more that you embrace it with confidence and talk to people about it and make it your the thing that's so interesting about you and your superpower, you're going to love it. You're going to live fully in it, it with enthusiasm, without fear of judgment at all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got so much out of this podcast. If you have a couple seconds, um, pop over to iTunes um, or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a positive review. It helps our little podcast grow. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.